Uh, we went through 26 and 27 uh, last uh, Sunday night, and uh, we'll see where we can get uh, tonight where the Lord takes us. So starting in Psalm 28, verse 1, uh, the subtitle for me uh, in my Bible says Rejoicing and Answered Prayer. And uh, we will, it's, it, this is, uh, it's kind of a tale of um, five, five verses on one end and then verses six through nine uh, that we see the Lord ministering, uh, you know, there David's crying out to the Lord and then we see the Lord uh, answered it and David praising him. So uh, verse one says, to you, I will cry, O Lord, my rock, do not be silent to me. Lest if you are silent to me, I become like one uh, like those who go down to the pit. So uh, David writing this uh, is crying out to the Lord, telling him, "To you I cry, O Lord." Uh, there's an encouragement uh, there as Christians for us to continue to cry out to the Lord uh, when we are going to anyone or anything else. Uh, we are, uh, even though they may have godly counsel, uh, they we we are then um, looking at the potential uh, for us not to be comforted as the Lord would comfort us if we went just to Him. Not that we are called to never go to brother. We are called. It is biblical to go to brothers and sisters and ask, "Hey, can you pray? I'm I'm going through this, going through that. Can you pray for me?" We can do that and forget to pray to God ourselves. You ever been there before where we, we go and we've got the circumstance and we're trying to figure it all out or and then we're, you know, maybe reaching out to a brother or sister or whatever. Hey, I need your I need your help. I need you to pray. And like, like in the background, we haven't even lifted it to the Lord ourselves. Um, I remember hearing of uh, Pastor Romaine, uh, who was uh, Chuck Smith's assistant and a, uh, I think a retired Marine and, uh, he was kind of a rough guy. And, uh, when, uh, so he, you know, he, uh, he would be the guy that was a buffer between whoever and Chuck and his job was to serve as if he couldn't take care of it, then it would get raised uh, to Chuck. So, um, there's a tell of, uh, you know, in books and everything of when people would come to Romaine, he would look at you and just point up. And there was a sign in his office that says, have you prayed about it? <laughs> and, and if you can answer yes to that, okay, now let's talk. Because if we have an issue, we have a problem, and we're just trying to sort through it and do it our own, have we actually in prayer brought it to the Lord, or are we in our own strength trying to uh, tackle whatever is in front of us? So uh, an encouragement here, uh, it, right in verse 1 in the first line, uh, to you I will cry, O Lord, my rock. Now, when David calls the Lord his rock, that's the, you know, when we think of a rock, that's something strong that you can stand on, that you can build upon. You know, when, when you consider what, what, what the Lord said about building, we're not going to build our, a, a home on the sand. We have to build on a rock. What, what do we do? We make rocks, right? We take concrete, mix up water and whatever else is in there and stir it up and we create rocks to build on. Because we need something firm, a foundation to stand on. Our faith is no different. Our faith has to be standing on Christ. If our faith is uh, on anything other than God, then we're in we're in trouble. 
you know, because now as soon as the storm comes in our life, uh, it, it's going to wash away. And how great is its, its, its fall as, as the Lord, you know, teaches. You know, we have to be built upon the Lord. If we're built on anything else, then uh, we're subject to, uh, to failure and to disaster so, and destruction. So to you, um, I will cry, O Lord, my rock. Don't, don't read by that. Uh, it, you know, if you get into a hurry or whatever and everything, if you, if you look at that, you know, to you, I will come because you're my rock. Do not be silent to me, lest if you are silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. And uh, David has already directed uh, his pleas in the right direction. And now he's asking the Lord to not be silent to him. And, uh, you know, if you are, I'm in the same position as those who are going to be separated from you forever. You know, David, do what David is saying, that, that pit, that Sheol, or, uh, you know, the, that, that I'm going to die. Uh, I'm going to be separated from you. If you don't talk to me, if you don't hear my cry and speak back to me, I'm in the same situation they are. We, you know, he's, he, this is quite a, um, quite a, not that the Lord's debating him, but this is a pretty, pretty good, um, you know, if you think of a court, you know, when a, when a, a, a lawyer is trying to present their case, David is presenting a good case before the Lord. Not that the Lord is silent toward him. He has been, and David will cry out, and then the Lord would minister. And he would, uh, so when, when David says, you know, please don't be silent to me. Would you please speak to me? Uh, don't know about you guys, but I've been there uh, in my life where I've, I've uh, in, in prayer uh, or even in reading, that uh, it's just sometimes there's been that wall, that, that, and, I'm, and I, you try to pray through it. Um, whether that's our enemy, uh, whether it's our stubborn heart that's keeping us, uh, that the Lord is chastening us and he's teaching us something, uh, we don't know. But that's when we cry out to the Lord. Instead of closing the book or opening the prayer closet and walking out and saying, Psh, he's not listening anyways. No, the encouragement here is to cry out to God and say, Lord, I need you to speak to me now. I need to hear from you. He will it may be right then, it might be the next day, it might be a week down the road, a year, a month, whatever, down the road, but he will answer. The Lord will answer. You know, just like if, if one of my kids calls me and asks me a question and they say, hey, dad, you know, can you help me with something? I, I'm not just going to hang up on them and forget about them. You know, our, and, and I love my kids, but the, the, the Lord's love so transcends my love for my children and, and our, his, his love for us, uh, transcends that love. And, uh, we can go to him, trust that he's going to answer. Uh, you've probably heard it taught and said on several occasions, usually you're going to hear a yes, no, or wait. We hate to hear wait, you know, but, but the Lord, this is a cry uh, for help and the Lord's he's going to help. And, uh, you know, is God our, our, our genie that we say, God, I'm crying out. I, 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 I prayed three seconds ago. Where's my answer? Uh, you know, that's not how things work. He's the one in control. And then we, as uh, the creature, call out to the creator and say, I need your help. And uh, you know the situation I'm, I'm, I'm facing. Would you please help me? And he's faithful too. Verse 2. <clears throat> Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry to you, when I lift up my hands toward your holy sanctuary. Now, uh, in verse two, there's that, you know, hear my request, my cries. And as we just discussed, he does hear them. And when he says, when I lift my hands 
basically what he's saying, in the direction of the Lord. When I lift my hands to you, uh, just I, I'm reaching out to you. Would you would you meet me here in my time of need? And the Lord is so faithful to meet us and, and to answer our prayers. Verse 3, do not take me away with the wicked and with the workers of iniquity who speak peace to their neighbors, but evil is in their hearts. Give them according to their deeds and according to their wickedness of uh, the wickedness of their endeavors. Give them according to the work of their hands. Render them uh, to them what they deserve, because they do not regard the works of the Lord, nor the operation of his hands. He shall destroy them and not build them up. You know, when, when David mentions in verse 3, do not take me away with the wicked, another word uh, in describing that would be do not drag me away. <laughs> Don't drag me away. I like that. Uh, with the workers of iniqu iniquity. And, uh, you know, they. then he goes on to say here that these wicked people are the ones that will speak peace to their neighbors. No, everything's good and everything. But under that, they've got a, a scheme uh, and uh, they're 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 wicked. You know, when we can look at the scripture and understand our neighbor is really anybody we're in contact with. It could be the person that lives next door to us, our next door neighbor, what we say. But our, our neighbor, uh, you know, that we would, you know, we're not to be like them that would deceive them into thinking, no, everything's good. You're safe. You're, and they've got an evil plan. Um, we've, we've seen that play out. Maybe you've seen it in a movie or you've seen it, uh, you've heard of it in the news or whatever, that these people trusted that one person or those people. And then they find out that they were just taken advantage of and that somebody bought into their trust and then they were taken advantage of and they were, they were wronged by those people. And David is saying, don't drag me away with those people. You know, they're, they're in a spot where they've, they've conducted themselves in a way that, uh, they are, have, um, not, they're not, it says in, in, uh, verse, uh, uh, where it says, uh, uh, I'll look at it here. I think it's verse four, uh, because they do not regard the works of the Lord. Yeah. Verse four, uh, they are getting, basically they're reaping what they're sowing is, is what's David, what David is saying is those people who are, are acting wickedly and they, they're rejecting. They don't have any re, re, regard for God's word and who God is. So they conduct themselves as though they don't have anyone to answer to. Um, and you look look at the society we're in now. As, as for years now, uh, I mean, when I was in school, I was taught that I, I came from a glob of goo. And that over billions and trillions of years that we somehow lost our tails and, uh, you know, we're, we're no longer... Uh, you know, uh, came from apes or, uh, you know, even though we came from them, now we're different and they're still there. I don't know how that would work. But uh, when we look at those types of things, um, we start getting to a point like, well, what if I am just a biological thing? You know, think about that. And, and then that means life has no meaning. And when somebody don't doesn't believe that, that, that they were uh, created by a loving God, and that their life has a purpose, and that he 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 wants to have a relationship with them, then there's nothing to stop anybody from. Well, you know, I'm just going to do what I want to do, and they they live a life of of serving themselves and of selfishness, 
and and then there it, it, don't get me wrong there are extremely moral uh, uh non-believers people that live a moral life that, that you hey you know what these people are nice people they're great and everything but ultimately they're if they've heard of the lord which i trust that they have then they're rejecting him so yes you can live a a, a life of morality uh, but ultimately, rejecting Christ uh, and His love, uh, then you know what we see here is uh, somebody who who doesn't regard the works of the Lord, and and it says that, that they'll see destruction in their soul. That's that's sad. That's that's you know a, a bad place. So for us, if we're uh, have a chance to minister, and it's not always going to be the, the 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 wretched sinner on their knees crying out and everything. It might be somebody who has no idea that they are living in sin or if they do they just like they don't care you know uh, if, if you've never seen the uh the example of uh i, I was able to, to share this uh, years ago over 20 years ago with somebody who was a buddhist and um we were just having a conversation at work and uh, i drew him the um the bridge analogy where you, where you draw the two cliffs and you connect the bridge uh, with the cross and, and you start to explain, okay, uh, you know, here's God, here's man. And uh, when man sinned, you know, there's, there's a gap in between us and there's no way to get to God. And then we, we draw the cross, but God you know, died on a cross to create a bridge uh, per se uh, so that we can go to it. And eyes kind of lit up. Well, that's kind of cool and everything. And I don't know. I, I hope that, that that seed that was planted, I trust that when the Lord sends us to plant a seed, that he's going to send somebody else to water it, and then he's going to bring the increase. Uh, so uh, we, we don't know what it is that's going to happen, but we, we don't want to see. I mean, if we get to a point of pride that we don't really care about anybody else, do we really have the love of God in our hearts? You know, if we just say, oh, everybody else is in there, I'm saved. I'm, I'm just going to kind of do what I want to do. Uh, you know, do we have the love of God in our hearts? And my, you know, that's quite a question to ask. You know, I can't answer that for us all, you know. But uh, unfortunately, there uh, there are a lot within the body of Christ that take that um, legalistic uh, point of view that, hey, you know, everybody else is just fuel for the fire of hell and and my goodness what an awful take on it really <laughs> you think god just created them to burn you know as, as as fuel like hey here's another piece of wood to throw in the fire to keep it hot no that's not the loving god that i see in the scriptures you know and uh, as christians as we live out our lives hopefully we're ministering to those uh, that are lost the people that are being described here are exceedingly wicked and they, uh, what David is saying is they're going to get the, the reward that they have coming to them uh, because they don't regard the works of the Lord. They may have heard, they just don't care. And uh, they're in a dangerous spot spiritually, don't care about it. And what David is saying is, please don't put me in with that group. I don't want to be there. David could have been there. How many times, uh, you know, have we, Tom and I were talking about the Psalms, you know, and some of the Psalms are of great heartbreak because of the stupid things that David did. And then we uh, we see here that, that David did the right thing and he's writing a Psalm of, you know, hey, how, how great things are and everything. And his, his life was full of success and, and tragedy at the same time. 
You know, he went through a lot, and there's a lot to learn from the life of David. So when we read these, you know, David's not just this, uh, you know, like uh, you could look at it and go, was David like bipolar or something? And uh, no, he's a man that was affected by sin, just like we can be. And uh, when we see you know, how uh, life has affected him and how God saved him and God ministered uh, to him and God used him, then we see uh, that God uses us and and that he restores us and, and he builds us. So uh, he's, he's, he's making a, a difference uh, between these two uh, in his prayer, between him and those that are not have no regard uh, for the works of the Lord. Verse 6, blessed be the Lord because he has heard the voice of my supplications. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices and with my song I will praise him. When you uh, consider uh, what uh, is is being said here, uh, as we move forward in six, this is now David now blessing the Lord and rejoicing in praise. At first he was crying out to the Lord, and now the other side of that prayer is he's seeing the Lord's faithfulness and the Lord ministering, and he's blessing God. Uh, and so he cried out. Uh, now if you look back uh, to verse 1, uh, David said, To you I will cry, O Lord, my rock. Do not be silent, lest if you are silent to me I become like those who go down to the pit. Right? Now you look at verse 6, and David says, Blessed be the Lord, because he has heard the voice of my supplications. It wasn't like David just wrote this, and uh, like two seconds later he wrote, writes uh, verse 6 because it sounds poetic and it sounds cool. This is... David saying, I prayed to the Lord in this way, and he answered me. This is David saying he got the answer to his his prayer. And, uh, you know, when he said, you know, do not be silent to me like those uh, who go down to the pit, the Lord heard his supplication when he was able to go uh, to the Lord. In verse 7, he says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. Now, David, uh, at times, uh, had a whole army at his disposal as king. There were times that he was on the run and he had a small group of people that would have been, uh, a, a, you know, a small amount of, of, of physical strength uh, in front of him and a shield, those, those men that would, that would be there to protect him. But uh, what he goes and what he's saying here is the Lord is his strength. The Lord is his shield. Uh, when we get to the point where we're trusting uh, in flesh, uh, that's that's a a bad place to be. That's uh, when when we are uh, when we've made flesh our strength. Uh, you know, curses a man who makes flesh his strength, right? And uh, the, we're we're not supposed to be there. This is the correct way for us to be. In verse seven, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him, and I am helped. You know, if our heart trusts in our own self, uh, you guys have heard me say it, for, uh, forgive me for being a broken record, but that 80s, 80s song, you know, listen to your heart when it's calling for you. Listen, Don't listen to our hearts. It's deceitfully wicked above all things, the scripture says, right? Our heart may be leading, oh, you know what, I just, I feel in my heart this is what I'm supposed to do. What does the Lord say in the word that you're supposed to do? As Christians, that's how we're supposed to conduct ourselves. You know, we can't trust the feelings that we have. Don't give, we were given emotions. 
God gave us emotions to, uh, you know, you think of the healing. Um, you, you guys ever, and I know every single one of us are human. We've been at that point where we have cried our eyes out. You know, at the end of it, there's there's a physical relief that came from that, that those emotions were poured out. Uh, not that we're not supposed to have emotions. We have emotions from the Lord. It's following those emotions over the word of God is, is where we find ourselves in trouble, isn't it? Because that emotion, I'm sad today, so now I'm going to be sad. All the, all the, all you know. I wake up. What's the saying? You know, I woke up on the somebody woke up on the wrong side of the bed, or you know, that mindset of somebody's grumpy. Oh, I'm going to be grumpy all day. No, get in the word. Get in the word, Lord. You know that I'm grumpy today. You know that I'm tired, and I don't have the strength to go through another day. <clears throat> I need you to carry me through it. And when we take that approach and that we trust in the Lord and that he is the one that's going to help us. If you look at the second half of seven, therefore, my heart greatly rejoices. And with my song, I will praise him. You know, we wake up in the morning, you know, spend our time, uh, ask the Lord, you know what, Lord, have uh, your way in my life today. Minister to me. Let your spirit lead and guide me. You know, it can be as simple a prayer to start our day like that. I mean, if you've got four hours to pray, amen, pray. You know, if you've got four seconds to pray, pray that. You know, say, Lord, you you know where I'm at right now, and I'm coming to you and asking you to, to bless me in whatever mood we may wake up in or anything. You know, when we, when we wake up and we're in a, a situation where, you know what, I, I'm just grumpy, I'm just tired or whatever, just, you know, think of something like, the Lord's mercies are new every morning. Meditate on that when we wake up. The mercy of the Lord, because when do we usually wake up grumpy? When we've gone to bed with burdens on our heart and on our minds. But when we can go into and start the day with, you know what? It's a new day. The Lord's mercies are new and I can start fresh now. You know, those, those are times I, <clears throat> I have a puppy and I love him. And, uh, you know, he, you guys have probably seen him. You've seen Coda run around in a little chocolate lab. He's getting bigger. Um, but I can't stay mad at him forever. You know, when he does something and he eats something or he, you know, knocks something over or whatever, I can't stay mad at him forever. The Lord, and we're going to read it uh, as we're moving forward, you know, the Lord's anger doesn't last forever. You know, the Lord, uh, you know, may we may make him angry and he's going to correct us and then, uh, and then we move on from there. But, but if we wake up with condemnation uh, in our hearts, realize the condemnation doesn't come from, from God. The condemnation comes from our enemy. That's what the scripture says. You know? But you know, God, we may wake up and God's saying, hey, you still haven't come to me. Are you going to come to me today? You know, he doesn't want our, to, us to have that ruined day. Uh, but when we go to him and we trust in him and he has helped us, that's when we need to remember to pray to him. You know, that we've trusted him. He's helped us. I will praise, David says. I will I will praise him. Uh, so instead of going, hey, cool, that's all taken care of. Now I can go about my day and I, I can I can get through whatever was uh, was heavy on our hearts or whatever. And uh, wait a minute. Have I said thank you? To God, and I know I've said this before. I'm, I'm sorry uh, that if I sound like a broken record, but it's because I do it. You know, I'm I'm very much a um, I'm very much like Martha 
where I'm, 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 I, I like to get things done and everything. I, I have my time of uh, uh, acting uh, as Mary did, where I'll sit at, at the Lord's feet. But sometimes I have a drive in me that says, I need to be doing, I need, and I have to shut that down and say, no, I have to be in the word. And I have to shut that part down in me. So I, I'm very much, uh, it's, it's very easy for me to not think to thank God immediately when he's answered my prayer, when I've poured my heart out and then this ends up going and I'm like, cool, that's awesome. This is, this is great. Even call my wife. Hey, this is all taken care of. Did I actually thank the one that did it? You know, you know, it, when, when there's a thing that uh, maybe it's some sort of um, a, a confrontation or there's a discussion that has to happen that we're nervous about. And we pray to the Lord and say, Lord, will you take care of that? And it goes way better than we ever thought it could. Did we stop afterward and say, you answered the prayer, Lord. Thank you. Or do we just kind of press on? And uh, I, I'm just I, I'm just confessing in my mind, I'm very much a... Uh, like, okay, I got to get this done. Then I got to move to that. And I, I, it's, I, I have a, a easy tendency to just be busy. Uh, and I don't, I, I don't slowly talk to my wife. She's like, I, I, John doesn't know how to slow down. He doesn't on a day off. I'm like, uh, what do I do? I, I don't know what to do. She's like, you need to relax. I don't know how to relax. You know, <laughs> I, I feel, you know, sometimes I just feel guilty for relaxing and, and I need to get through it. The Lord's working on me that there are times where I just need to do nothing. And I need to have that rest. And uh, it's just, that's that's one thing that, that I struggle with, that I'll just be completely honest, that we would praise him. When he answers our prayer, don't forget to praise him. Verse, and verse 8, the Lord is their strength, and he is the saving refuge of his anointed. Saving your people uh, and bless your inheritance, uh, save your people and bless your inheritance. Shepherd them also and bear them up forever. Those <clears throat> that are the Lord's, uh, that uh, he is our strength and he is the, the one that, that saves us. And when he says, save your people and bless your inheritance, shepherd them also. It's not that, that God needed David to, uh, to remind, oh yeah, I forgot. I'm the good shepherd. I got to take care of these people. I got sheep scattered all over the place. This is a prayer that, Lord, thank you for being our shepherd. Please continue to. It's not, it's not like he, he's the good shepherd. You know, Joe, you, you tie in John 10, Psalm 23, and you understand uh, who the good shepherd is. And he doesn't, it's not that he needed David's reminder, but uh, that he, he is our strength. He's our saving refuge. Um, you know, bear them up. I like that. Bear them up forever. You know, when we think of, what a shepherd does, the, the shepherd uh, leads, the shepherd calls, uh, they guide, uh, they protect. Uh, we've talked about uh, in depth uh, in John 10 and in Psalm 23, which I think, if I remember right, didn't they come the same same day? Didn't, didn't it work out? Yes, it did. So we were in Psalm 10, uh, sorry, John 10, uh, and then Psalm 23 that night. And that wasn't like cleverly orchestrated by me. That was the Lord. Uh, you know, orchestrating that so that we would focus on him, the good shepherd. And uh, he is the one uh, that, that directs us, protects us. And uh, uh, I like where it says, and bear them up forever, that the Lord would, would be the one that holds us up, that would even carry us when we need it. 
You know, it wasn't uncommon when a sheep had strayed uh, for the shepherd when they've got them to put them right over the uh, over the neck or if they were hurt and they would bear them up and they would carry them uh, back to the flock and uh, asking the Lord that when we need it, Lord, would you please carry me? Psalm 29. And uh, my uh, the subtitle in, in my Bible says, Praise to God in his holiness and majesty. I, I do like those, uh, the subtitles, not that we, we need them, uh, but it does sometimes set the tone of, okay, what am I getting into? Uh, sometimes it'll explain a Psalm of David in this situation. Uh, so don't, don't, uh, don't uh, you know, read over those or ignore those. I encourage you to look at them. Uh, so a Psalm of David, uh, give unto the Lord all you, uh, O you mighty ones, give unto the Lord glory uh, and strength. Now, uh, some uh, Bibles will say ascribe greatness, uh, where which would mean you know give to the Lord, uh, you know uh, praise Him and uh, praise Him, you mighty ones. Give unto the Lord, uh, O you mighty ones. Give unto the Lord uh, glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due to His name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. Now, uh, just looking here of what the tone that's being set in verse 2, uh, the first half of verse 2 says, Give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. The glory due to his name. Uh, when uh, there are so many times, you look at our nation, how blessed our nation has been, and where we see the direction of our nation morally um, and spiritually has been a turn away from the Lord. We are no longer giving him the glory for what he's done in this nation. And look at what we're suffering as a nation, the drug use. We're the, the leading, uh, United States, the leading uh distributor of pornography um uh, of uh, and uh, so leading in drug use leading producer in pornography you think of the uh the uh the problems that we have uh just like look just look at the news and 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 what's happening you know uh, everybody's stealing from uh you, you can there's okay um how many times uh, when you go to bangor now do you lock your cars now does that, if you go to Bangor, do we lock our cars? I remember not locking my doors at my house when I was a kid. Like, we didn't even lock the doors. We ain't ever worried about anybody coming in. Well, the doors are locked now. I've seen the cats walking by my house, and I've gone, whoa, okay, that's not somebody I want turning around and coming back into my yard uh, when my daughters are outside or when my wife is outside. This world is getting worse and worse, a more dangerous place. Uh, and uh, as a nation, as we've turned away from the Lord, we are starting to experience we're reaping what we're sowing is what's happening. And, uh, you know, you can't you can't plant carrots and expect peas. It's just you can't. If we do, then we got something going wrong here. But when we reap what we sow, this is... Uh, it, it's because, uh, you know, whatever we've invested in, whatever we have, have uh, you know, placed our trust in or we've worked towards, if, if we're planting that, 
and we're expecting that, then we should get that. But if we plant this and we expect, hey, I, whatever, I'm just going to throw whatever down and we're going to get whatever we want. That's what America wants. We're lazy. Spiritually, we're blind. And we're in a spot right now where they'll, you know, whenever something happens in this nation, God bless America is like the most popular song. Or uh, you can you can look at how, and I know I've said this before, but uh, look at how crowded churches were after after September 11th. And then two, three weeks later, everybody's kind of back off doing, doing uh, whatever uh, they've got going on. We were talking about that actually at our table uh, during lunch. We were talking about it, it's everybody's desensitized. Everybody is at a point now where it's, oh, hey, it's unfortunately there's another school shooting. There's another mass shooting. There's, uh, you know, oh, these, this happened to these kids. Or, uh, you know, it's just like, oh, okay, you know, this, this just happened. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, so uh, what was the score of the game? You know, there, there isn't a, oh, my goodness, we need to pray. There should be shock from what's happened, and we need to pray. It's because we turned from the Lord. This is having the Lord in the proper spot, where he says, given to the Lord, the glory due to his name, that God would be glorified. Worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. And then he gets into the voice of the Lord. And he starts uh, describing, it's over the waters, the glory, uh, the, the God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. And he goes on to say how strong the voice of the Lord is and, and how powerful when his voice thunders. So uh, not this week, uh, last week uh, in John 12, uh, we discussed when the Lord uh, Jesus was praying to the Father. and he, He's asking him, Lord, glorify your name. And the Lord thundered from heaven and he said, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. And there was confusion. And everybody's like, was that an angel? Uh, was it an earthquake? Like, was that just thunder? What's what's going on? And uh, nobody could figure it out. And Jesus says, I said that so that you all could hear. And there, there was that mass confusion to know that when God speaks, uh, just think about when, uh, remember when Israel was too scared and they were like sending, sending Moses up. They're like, nah, we're not going anywhere. You know, we're going to send Moses up. They're, they were too afraid when they when they saw the majesty and they heard the majesty of God. And uh, and God called Moses up. But everybody's like, uh, they were they were afraid. It's an, it, and when I say awful, we think bad, but an aw, off, awesome, we'll say, an awesome thing when God speaks. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Okay, think of, does your dog, if you have a dog, does your dog run when it thunders? My old dog, Rocco, we loved that dog. There was nothing I could do to comfort him when it would thunder. He'd run into the bathroom, and he'd lay there, and he's shaking and everything. And we'd go in, and we'd talk to him. Come on. You can come out. It's okay. I ain't going anywhere. He was afraid. You know, it was, it was an awesome thing to him that he didn't understand. When the Lord is speaking, you know, when David is saying here that uh, the voice of the Lord is over the waters, Remember in Genesis where the face of the Lord hovered over the water? The voice of the Lord, that just thinking that, that the ripple effect uh, uh, over the waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. Verse 5, the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars 
Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. Cedar is a hardwood. <laughs> and and when it, it, what it's saying is the might. The, the voice of the Lord is mighty. And it's very powerful. And he's, he, remember, David is talking about the majesty of the Lord. Verse 6, he makes them all uh, he makes them also skip like a calf lebanon and syrian like a wild a young wild ox the voice of the lord divides the flames of fire that's really neat to think of divides the flame you ever just sat there and stared at a fire and you see the voice of the lord can make that go you know it's it's pretty neat to uh he uh david was a a, a tremendous uh poet the lord gave him a great ability to uh to write now verse uh, 8, the voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The voice, uh, the Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The, the voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And in his temple, everyone says glory. You know, that the Lord can, can speak to a deer. Now remember uh, when Elijah was hiding. Remember he's hiding in the cave? And Elijah talks about this occurrence that he had where he could hear the Lord whispering to him. And he says, the voice of the Lord wasn't heard in all the chaos around him, he goes, but in a whisper. You know, that, 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 that mighty voice that can shake, that can rip everything apart, that it could whisper to a deer. That, it can, uh, that, that God's voice can come and it can whisper to us in all the chaos and how strong things are. Not only can he be mighty on our behalf, but he can also be very soft uh, with us when our heart is, is in a spot where we just need that whisper of encouragement from the Lord, that whis whisper of restoration from God. He can speak to us that the Lord orchestrates the deer giving, giving birth. Verse 10. The Lord sat enthroned at the flood. The flood means the flood. And the Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. So uh, he sat enthroned at the flood. He was, God was still on the throne during the flood. And uh, eight people survived that. Eight people. And uh, to know the gracious heart of the Lord uh, that there were only eight. Remember, uh, we've we've studied here on what's tonight uh, on Wednesday night. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to keep everything in order here, but on Wednesday night, uh, <clears throat> when uh, the Lord spoke to Abraham and he was explaining that Sodom and Gomorrah was going to experience his wrath, and uh, there was the uh, the conversation where uh, Abraham is is sheepishly asking. Lord, what if there were 50, 40, 30, 20, 10? You know, that, that number just keeps going down. And the Lord said, even if there were 10, I would spare it. You know, that is a gracious and loving God that doesn't, doesn't seek to uh, just kill and uh, want to wipe everything out. But where he is on the throne in the flood, he was still in control when this world was completely flooded. And they've got eight people just floating around on the ark. God's still in control. He orchestrated all that. He was he was at work. You know, that God was enthroned at the flood. And the Lord sits as king forever. He's not going to be removed. You know, there's the, I've heard the, the foolish uh, sayings of, oh yeah, we're going to overthrow God. 
You know, you know, you look at Psalm two, and it's you know, the nations plot a vain thing. Like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna fight against God. Good luck. You know, I, what side are you on? I'm on the, the complete opposite because I don't want to be a part of that. You know, there's nothing to de dethrone God. There's nobody that can overpower him. Uh, you know, he he he's the Almighty, and uh, there's there's nothing that can change the fact that he sits on the throne, reigning as King forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. I like that, that we can find peace and strength in the Lord. If we need peace and strength in the Lord, we need not search anywhere else but in the Lord. That's where we're going to find our strength and find our peace is coming from God. He's so faithful and uh, he's, he's uh, so loving that when we need those things, we can go straight to him and ask him to be the one that is our strength and that is our peace. When we don't have peace, right? We've talked about, you know, Ephesians 4, 6, and 7. You know, that's, that, uh, that, that's uh, uh, sorry, Philippians 4, uh, 6, and 7. And, and when you get into, uh, you know, that we can go uh, to the Lord when we are anxious and uh, when we've got anxiety going crazy or anything. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, we can make a request known to God, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. When, when we have verses like that, and we have verses like verse 11, the Lord will give strength to his people. If we are walking with the Lord, we're one of his people. If we've trusted in him and said, Lord, I, I need to say it, however we've said that, whenever we've, we've uh, trusted in the Lord and, and as our Savior, we're now his person. Not that he didn't love us before, but now we, we, we're in a special category uh, with the Lord that we actually have a relationship with him now. And the Lord ministers to us and he wants to be our strength. He wants to be our peace. It's not like he's going to withhold those things if we ask for them like an evil father would, right? No, he he's ready. He's like, he's so ready just to, hey, you need strength, just come to me, and I'll be your strength. You know, his strength is made perfect in our weakness, right? So when we're weak, God just, you know, he wants us to turn to him. He wants to be our God, the one that we turn to, right? But anything else we can put in place of God and say, oh, you know what, when I need strength or I need this, I go to this. That is your God. That's our God. Whatever we go to in that time of need, if we're not going to the Lord, we've put this as an idol. That's between us and God. And when we've put that between us and God, that has now become our God because that's what we trust in. That's what we go to for peace, for strength, for what I just need to make it through. So I need to do this. That right there has now become the chief thing in our life. It has become a false God to us. If that is our uh, our condition, forsake it. Confess and forsake it and say, God, I need you to save me, to help me from that, right? We can go, anybody that we know that, that's in that scenario, no, 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 you don't need that in your life. All that's going to do is, is lead you to destruction and despair. Go to the Lord. Go to the Lord. He's all sufficient. It says, you know, David is writing here, this man, uh, we were, uh, Tom, Tom and I were talking about it, this man was constantly... There were, there were times in his life that, you know, things settled down for him at times. But, man, you talk about being on the run. You know, this guy, you know, from, you know, his father-in-law to his son, you know, that are just right after him. 
and uh, he, he's running, and he's got other enemies that are trying to kill him as he's uh, being sent out to, to fight. You know, this man knew what it was to, to need strength and to need peace, and he, the only place he found it in life was in the Lord. So he's writing, and uh, we're, we're blessed by it. Verse, uh, chapter th uh, Psalm 30. And uh, blessedness of answered prayer. And it says, A Psalm of David, a song at the dedication of the house of David. And David says, I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried out to you, and you healed me. O Lord, you brought my soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. And uh, where uh, David is, is uh, talking here, we see that he's describing a uh, time where the Lord uh, heard his cry and healed him. And uh, where David describes it as, you brought my soul up from the grave. Uh, so it appears there's uh, maybe a sickness that he was dealing with. Uh, and, and he says, you have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. I uh, just wanted to share uh, Isaiah 51 verse 1. It says, listen to me, you who follow after righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn. And to the hole of the pit from which you were dug, you know. Don't forget, uh, you know, where the Lord has has brought us out of, you know, and uh, where uh, that circumstance that led us to Him. We can't look to that. We can't forget where uh, the Lord ministered and and uh, saved us. And uh, what uh, David is saying here is, I cried out to the Lord, and you healed me. You brought my uh, soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit, that I should not die. So there's a, uh, you know, a, a description here of sickness to health. Uh, we don't know what that exactly entails. But uh, then David says verse in verse 4, Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his. And give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. We talked about that a little bit uh, earlier, but we'll, we'll get back to it here again. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. So uh, what we see here is a uh, after the sickness to health, uh, we're now looking at at these verses describing weeping turned to joy. And uh, he says, sing, he's an encouragement here uh, to those who trust in the Lord to sing praise to God and give thanks at the remembrance of his name. And he says, for his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for life. You know, God, God isn't always, he's going to correct us. There, there are times where uh, God, because he loves us, if he's not, just like Hebrew says, you know, he chastens those whom he loves. And uh, that when, when there's the chastening, it's because he loves us. If we're not experiencing the chastening, I remember Will saying this years ago, if we're not experiencing chastening and we're not listening to him, we're in a very, very uh, grave spot spiritually. That's when we need to go back and say, Lord, I'm not experiencing your correction because I, and 
uh, because look, look where I'm at. Remember what we just read in Psalm 28 where David is saying, you know, those who have no regard for uh, uh, no regard for the works of the Lord, no regard, even though, yeah, he whatever, uh, you know, this is the Lord that the, if, if our heart gets to a point where we have no regard for him and his works, we're in a very bad spot. We're in a very dangerous place. His anger is but for a moment. He doesn't stay angry forever. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Uh, Hebrews 13, uh, 15 says, Therefore by him let us continually offer sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name, when it says, but joy comes in the morning, that, that we can in joy give thanks to him. You know, that, that, that we uh, continually offer sacrifice of praise to him, the one that would turn our mourning uh, and our weeping to joy. Verse 6, now in the prosperity, in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face and I was, uh, I was troubled. Lord, I, I, I like uh, where he says here that, um, you know, my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. Uh, Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountain stand strong. You know, when the Lord has prospered my way, David understood that it was the Lord that did that. You know, that you made my mountain stand strong. Where he says, you hid your face and I was troubled. If the Lord is not answering, if we if we do have silence from the Lord, he may be speaking to us in correcting us and leaving us at a spot where we have to examine our own heart and we need to come to the Lord and say, Lord, uh, if you're not answering me, is there, you know, reveal in me. And, and sometimes we don't have to look very far, do we? We don't have to look because, yes, I know I've been partaking in this. or I know I've been, I've been disobedient to your word in this. And if the Lord uh, is uh, get that feeling uh, that that the Lord is hiding His face, um, uh, we should be troubled, and we should go to Him and and ask Him to help us and to minister to us. Verse eight: I cried out to you, O Lord, and the Lord uh, and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it declare your truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy on me. Lord, be my helper. So David's crying out, like, if I die, you know, I can't, I can't praise you anymore. You know, if my blood goes uh, down, and and uh, he says, uh, what profit is there in my blood? Will uh, when I go down to the pit, will the dust praise you? You know, David, David is saying, you know, I need you to be my protection. I need you to be the one. Uh, you know, that, that preserves me and, uh, you know, will declare your truth here, O Lord, and have mercy on me. Lord, be my helper. You have turned uh, for me my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness to the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. So uh, we saw in verses 1 through 3 
there was a sickness uh, to health. Uh, we saw in verses 4 and 5 a weeping to joy, and now we see mourning turned into dancing uh, by the Lord in the last uh, verses here, verses 8 through 12, where uh, David says, you've turned my mourning to dancing. Uh, Ecclesiastes 3, 4 says there's a time to mourn and a time to dance. There, that, that we are going to experience times of mourning, but that the Lord will carry us through those, that we're not, we're not going to remain in that time of mourning forever, even though we sometimes can't see a way out of that. But you know, the Lord is going to bring that, that time of dancing to us, that he's going to restore us, that, that you know, there is a short time of mourning, but when the Lord moved in Solomon's heart and he wrote those, there's a you know, time to live and a time to die. That's, it's, it's very, uh, very uh, you, when you go through and you look at Ecclesiastes and uh, chapter 3 and you see uh, how, how Solomon wrote that and how the Lord impressed upon his heart that there are times that this is going to happen and then this is going to happen. That that morning by the Lord as we walk with him at some point even though there's the that darkness that's all around us and we don't see a way ahead, there is a light at the end of that tunnel. There is going to be an end to whatever that thing that was swallowing us whole uh, that, that David is writing here. You've turned my mourning into dancing. David did some mourning in his life. David had experienced great failure. Uh, one uh, particular that, that he had after stealing a man's wife and having him, uh, uh, this is another thing Tom and I talked about today, having him executed so that he can have uh, Bathsheba. And so he had to end Uriah's life because he had an adulterous affair uh, with Bathsheba and uh, had to cover up his sin. So he has Uriah taken out and uh, you know, the Lord addresses that through the prophet Nathan and, uh, and addresses, uh, the Lord tells him that he was going to lose the child that was uh, in, uh, in Bathsheba's womb. And, and he did. And uh, it, David went through a lot. He went through a lot of crying and uh, he, he mourned until that child was born. And uh, so that child had died. And uh, when that child had died, he uh, you know, got all cleaned up and he went down and he ate. And he just said, you know what, I can't go to him. Uh, so he, he can't come to me, but someday I will go to him. And uh, that he, you know, the time of mourning is that child is no longer in suffering. And now that mourning can, can turn to dancing. And uh, so David it was somebody who was familiar with these circumstances. When when he says, "You've turned my mourning into dancing, and you've that uh, you've put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness." That sackcloth and ashes, right? When things were bad, there was sackcloth and ashes, and people were throwing things on their heads, and and you could see that things were bad. And David is saying here that you've clothed me now with gladness. Verse twelve says, "To the end." that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. That, that when the Lord has done these things, when he's healed us and uh, when he's turned our weeping to joy and our mourning uh, to dancing, uh, and, and uh, when, when we've experienced those things, we should look at verse 12 as a guide for how we should respond to the Lord, that, we, uh, that my glory may praise, sing praise to you and not be silent that we would declare what the Lord has done, 
that the Lord just carried me through uh, this uh, circumstance in my life. You know, oh Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. David wrote, I will give thanks to you. He wasn't just talking about it in his life. He knew that at some point he was going to be in the presence of the Lord and he's just going to give thanks that he can praise God. And uh, that would be something for us to look forward to, right? As, as, as children of God, those that trust uh, in the Lord is we are going to be in his presence and uh, be able to thank him. You know, that, 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 that song, I will sing of your love forever. Uh, I've actually heard a, a joke recently. Uh, I think it was Casey that shared it. And uh, he was saying, you know, uh, this youth group back in 1984 started singing this song and they're still singing it. You know, it's kind of a, just a just a, a funny way of, of looking back is and I, I like to when I'm ever leading here. Uh, change that, you know, I could sing is someday we will sing. And I, so I like to add that into there because we, uh, we need to understand that as we're singing to him, we will sing of his love forever. So uh, I don't just do that just to do it. It's a reminder to us as we're singing it, that someday we are going to, to uh, start that song to the Lord and we're going to forever praise him. Not because we're anything special, but because he loves us and he has ministered. He has walked through our lives with us and carried us through as we placed our faith and trust in him. And he's washed us clean and we're his children. And someday we'll be with him forever. And uh, until that day uh, that we would conduct ourselves praising him and seeking him, not getting distracted. Um, that song, I Want to Know You, that we sing where it says pushing every hindrance aside. Uh, that's scriptural, that we would not have hindrances, that we wouldn't have these stumbling blocks, that we'd move them out of the way. Think of uh, track. If you think of track and field, uh, there's a 55-yard dash where there's nothing in between you and the finish line and you just run it. And then there's the hurdles where you run, you got to jump over the hurdle, run, jump over the hurdles. a lot harder. Uh, my my uh, middle daughter, um, I don't know if Maddie ever ever tried hurdles. I can't remember. But I, I, Ashley did hurdles for a little bit. A 300-meter hurdle dash is brutal. <laughs> uh, you're sprinting and running. Sprint running for 300 meters. That's a long ways to go. 400 meters is a full lap. You know, for 300, so three three quarters of a lap, and you're racing against other people. Those hurdles are exhausting. God doesn't want us to have those things in our lives. How often do we set up those hurdles? You know, we can set them up here. I'll just give myself a little bit of a hurdle. I'm a little bit exhausted. You know, when we can put things in there. If that's our life right now, ask God to remove those things that are in our ways, that we would just walk with him. Amen? Amen. All right, let's, let's pray. God, we are so thankful for your word and that you minister to us. Uh, through it and that we have the opportunity to go to uh, these psalms on Sunday nights and and see uh, the wisdom that are that are uh, contained within uh, this book of Psalms and uh, the life experience that we can uh, draw from to learn from and we uh, we pray Lord that we would apply the principles that we need to to our lives and that you would help us to uh, apply what we've heard and what we've read tonight to our hearts and to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And grace and peace to you guys. But uh